Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, a podcast all about the Baltimore Orioles as we're getting prepared and mentally ready for October baseball. I don't know about you, but man, I'm making sure I got all my blood pressure medicine. Go to the doctor, say, hey, doc, is my heart ready to handle playoff baseball? Because it's been one hell of a ride this past month in September. And if the playoffs haven't even started yet, and I'm having, I'm breaking out in hives, cold sweats, panic attacks. Am I ready for October baseball? I've got balls of steel. The uh, doctor was a, a Yankees fan, and he just said, I don't give a shit what you do, and sent me out the door. So that was that. So I'm just going to go with, I'll be fine. But love hearing from you folks. A lot of emails came in over the week. I appreciate that. I love getting you guys involved, always hearing what's on your mind. Uh, FullCountChaos at gmail.com. Of course, I'm always there. I'm on Twitter at Full Count Chaos. We're going to be there together watching the games. How the hell do you make that kind of call on? And why would you hit the double play bases loaded? We got to take advantage of that. So hit me up on Twitter as well. A lot of emotions running around Birdland right now. A lot of emotions. Brooks Robinson. Oh, what awful news. You will be missed, brother. Rest in peace. I'm going to talk about Brooks here in just a minute. Uh, But yeah, that was one of those moments in life where it's like you always remember what you were doing, where you were, what time it was. You know, throughout your life, there's always those moments where you just remember what you were doing at that moment. But but that was that was some sad news. I got emotional. I've mentioned before on here, I'm I'm not a crazy emotional guy. I mean, look, there are some movies out there that just make me ball like a little boy who lost his toy and I just snotting all over myself. But this Brooks Robinson news, it just hit me at the right time, I think. And I don't know, in a weird way, I think it kind of reminded me of my dad a little bit. Again, you know, the reason why is because Brooks, they just kept going on and on about how excited and proud and giddy he was, how well the Orioles were doing. And 
Oh, just Brooke. He, everyone just talking about the conversations that Brooks Robinson had about how the Orioles are playing right now. He was just happy as a little kid in a toy store. He was just so happy watching them. And it, it just kept reminding me of my father and fortune who passed away a couple years ago. And same thing this whole season. I just kept thinking to myself how happy my dad would be watching the Orioles. I just keep thinking in my mind, all the texts and the calls that we'd be sending each other after every game and you know, hearing about how happy Brooks Robinson was through this season and how well the Orioles are doing, it just always reminded me of that. So I think when I heard about the death of Brooks Robinson, I think just everything just combined together and it just, it hit me. It hit me hard. I was in the car and, and boom, just, I was getting real emotional. So the Nats come in Baltimore and the Orioles, of course, dig win one to nothing. Hey, you know, hey, here's to you, Brooksy. An Orioles win, but it was just a, it was a little eerie. You know, the, the Orioles won one to nothing <laughs> off of Gunnar Henderson, the first hit of the game, home run Gunnar Henderson, and then that was it on both sides. Orioles win one to nothing, but the day Brooks Robinson dies and the Orioles win one to nothing, you see the stat that Brooks Robinson holds the record for most games, which is 10, in which he drove in the only run in a one to nothing victory. And you're hearing about that uh, when Gunnar Henderson hit the home run, you know, the, the announcers on the radio TV, here's to you, Brooks, just a very emotional day. But you see that stat and you're just shaking your head. Like I'm telling you, man, just, we just don't know. And again, I'm not trying to go down a rabbit hole, of spiritual and religion and, is there a higher power out there? But again, you just hear those kind of stats in sports after Brooks passes away, the Orioles win one to nothing. You see that stat. I don't know. It's just, it hit me. The whole day hit me. Boy, that escalated quickly. Ben McDonald told a beautiful story about uh, Brooks Robinson uh, talking to his son. And, and Ben, you could tell he had to stop talking. He got emotional and because Kevin Brown's so professional. He picked up on it right away and took over. And just emotions are just running wild right now through Birdland. But... My God, Brooks, you will be missed. I am going to talk about him again here in just a minute because an email came in about Brooksy. Look, we know all about the 16 gold glove winner. We know he was one of the best ball players that's ever played the game. Anytime a third baseman comes up in the majors and he's considered one of the best, he's compared to Brooks Robinson. We know that. One of the greatest ball players. But pertaining to him as a person, and I never got to meet him, unfortunately. I know dozens of people personally who met him, their kids met him, and it's all the same story. What a genuine, big-hearted, wonderful man he was. And from what I hear, people who've met him, they say he acted as if he's known them for years. He loved talking to people. He loved talking baseball. You know, sometimes you get a little worried that, you know, if I, if I meet my favorite athlete, the last thing they probably want to do is talk sports. Nope. Everybody who's met him that I know, they said he loved talking baseball. Loved it. Loved the Orioles. Always saw him at games <laughs> and just hearing how excited and happy he was for the Orioles this season. It just makes you smile. But my friend's kids who met him, uh, they said, you know, smile ear to ear. Brooks loved kids, said he was extremely funny. He was always willing to take photos, uh, to give autographs, just a wonderful, big hearted man. And Brooksy, number five, you will be missed.
Now, right now, as I'm recording, they just swept the Nats, making the Happy Orioles number one. That's it. They just need one win, one win to get to the playoffs. Forget about what the Rays are doing. Forget about that. I mean, all September, we're scoreboard watching. We don't need to worry about what the Rays are doing anymore. All the Orioles need to do is just win one of those four games, and they're in the div- They win the division. They're in. Done. Hell yeah. And I hope they do it the first night so they can rest some guys. I mean, if you win the division, you get a lot of rest anyway. And Lord knows the bullpen needs that rest. And speaking of Tampa Bay, I, I do want to quickly say uh, thank you, Mark. Baseball biz coming on last week. Great call. Got emails back. Great calls. I mean, I got a lot of great feedback about the guy. He's just a nice, genuine dude who likes to talk baseball, and he's a Tampa fan, and we got to learn a little bit more about the enemy that most likely the Orioles will be playing in a couple weeks. But I had some emails come in pertaining to Mark's call. Towards the end of every call, I just do, like, silly, stupid questions, some sports, some not sports. And one of them is just a a list. I list a couple random sports, and, hey, are they athletes or not? And some people wanted to chime in and say, hey, this is why I think you guys are full of shit. So I'll get to that in just a minute as well. Like I said, one game, one game is all it takes out of the four games against Boston. For fuck's sake, you'd think they could just win one game. And it bothers me because we've all discussed on here before. A lot of us are very superstitious fans. <laughs> and a couple weeks ago, I discussed of some of the crazy, stupid shit that we do because we think it's going to help our favorite team win. We're psychotic. A lot of us probably need some sort of uh, prescription medicine to help us stop with the crazy. But I'm seeing all these tweets I was reading this morning. You know, oh, the Orioles play the Red Sox. All they need is one win. And don't forget, they have that record of not being swept. And you're going, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Can you please stop talking about that? That'd be great. As much as I love Kevin Brown, we all love Kevin Brown. But, oh, there's a couple times this week that he mentioned uh, you know, some stats. Like he was talking about Kyle Bradish. He kept saying no hitter. Once he started saying no hitter, I think it was into the seventh inning. The first batter, it was a hit. And then even he was like, oh, my God, I, I jinxed it. I'm sorry. And then he gave some stat about how the Orioles haven't given up a run against the uh, Nationals in what, like 35 innings or something crazy like that. Boom. As soon as he said it, Nationals get a run. <laughs> so we're all thinking, all right, Kevin, we love you, man. But please don't mention about how the Orioles haven't been swept in 90 straight series. <laughs> that. And then followed up with that. Well, it's great because all they need is one win against Boston. So I keep seeing people throwing tweets out there and talking about that. And it's like, no, let's just, let's just not talk about it. The superstition, you know, just shh. Uh, But are you going to any playoff games? Want to hear from you about that? Are you skipping paying rent to go to the Orioles game? Uh, Is there something you decided not to buy or a bill that you skipped to go to the game? Because it is expensive, and I'm not trying to be funny. It's crazy out there with these you know, the groceries and gas and, and mortgage and housing. Oh, my God, it's a fucking mess out there right now. I went to the grocery store, bought milk, eggs, and peanut butter. It was $82.14. Like, what the fuck is going on? And that was after putting $126 of gas in my car for the week. 
So when I ask that, yeah, I mean, these tickets go anywhere from 120 to 200, 300, depending on where you're sitting. So is there something that you're giving up to not purchase or not buy or, or not put your money towards just so you can go to a game or two for the Orioles? Man, playoff baseball back in Canyon Yards. Every time I say that, get a little bit of goosebumps. The hair on the back of the neck stands up. Ooh, love it. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. An email came in about Brooks. Brooks Robinson. God dang, rest in peace, man. 18 years old is when he made his major league debut. September 17th, 1955. Sixth youngest player to ever debut for the Orioles. Like I said, that, that hit my heart hard. I don't normally get that way when I hear about someone passing away that I don't personally know. I know that sounds a little harsh. God damn, they would. You don't have a heart? No, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not like, oh, who died? Our neighbor Hank? Oh, great. There goes the $50 I lent him. Fantastic. I'm just saying, normally it doesn't hit me as solid as it did when I heard about Brooks. Anyway, full count chaos at gmail.com. Somebody wanted to chime in. It's an email from a gentleman by the name of William. He writes in, he says, a while back, you asked about getting brought to tears during a fucking ball game. It was tonight, man. 26th of September, 20 fucking 23. When Gunner smashed that goddamn leadoff homer and Jeff Arnold says, there you go, Brooks. Fucking balling, man. Fucking leaking out the goddamn head. Brooks, Manny, Gunner. We've come around the bend, boys. Two games. And we're golden for the AL East. 98 goddamn wins with five games to go. And then he gives a little uh, advice to the fans. He says, no more bitching about Angelos. No more bitching about Elias. No more bitching about Hyde. No more goddamn motherfucking bitching. (laughs) He says, let's go take a world fucking series from the goddamn Atlanta fucking Braves. He ends with best O's podcast on the fucking internet. Give him hell, negative Nate. Fucking go hose. William, fantastic email. Appreciate you chiming in. Oh, shit. He had emotions running all through his veins. I'm telling you. Emotions running everywhere. The excitement, the sadness of Brooks, it all mixes together. And there's William. Fucking A. <laughs> Fucking go hose. Giving a little advice to the fans. No more bitching. Although it could have been towards me, you know, talking about negative Nate. No more bitching about Angelos. No more bitching about Elias. No more bitching about Hyde. Just no more bitching. <laughs> the Orioles almost had 100 wins as I'm recording. When the email came in, we had two to go. Now that I'm recording, we have one to go. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Here's cheers to no more bitching. <laughs> no more bitching for the next 24 hours, maybe, William. I don't know. It's, it's tough to not bitch, but what a, what a great email. I mean, that was a raw email. That was catching him right at the raw moment. And thank you, William. Bestos podcast on the fucking internet. Might get that on a shirt. Love it. William just laying it out. He's pumped. He thinks Atlanta Braves are going to be there facing the Orioles in the World Series. Yeah, I, I could see that. Braves, Dodgers, one of them. But we are wired to talk shit and point out negative situations if you're a sports fan. You know what I mean? I mean, William makes a great point. No more bitching. Shut the hell up. Look where the Orioles are right now. Don't want to hear it anymore because I still see people bitching on Twitter. 
talking about the lineup, talking about who's pitching, talking about the game, talking about the moves that Hyde didn't make. And here we are sitting at 99 wins. All we need is one game to go to win the division. The minority out there every day sees the glass half full. I wish I could get to that point. And I see them out there all the time. I don't know how they do it. I don't know what drugs they're injecting into their forehead to say happy thoughts after the Orioles just blew a ninth inning walk-off to the Cleveland Commodores or Commander, whatever the fuck their name is. Wait, what did you say? I see it all the time. I just don't know how to get to that point that no matter what, you just stay positive. Oh, it's a beautiful day. Oh, the Orioles, I love them. They just blew a ninth inning lead. They were up five to nothing and they lost six to five. Oh, I love the Orioles. Go get them next time. I see people on social media all the time after a horrible blown save saying shit like that. You know, hey, guys, they played their hearts out tonight and we need to keep rooting these guys on. You know, I, I just stare at that comment. I feel like I want to respond to them and say, you're a horrible person. <laughs> I don't like you. I'm angry. I want people to join my anger when the Orioles lose or blow a save or bases loaded, no outs, and they don't get a run and it's still tied up and they're on the road. I want people to join in on my anger. <laughs> I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear the, oh, come on, guys. Look how good they are. They're, they're trying their hardest. One of the worst ones I think my pet peeve is, you know, let's say, uh, I don't know, Adley strikes out. Guy on second and third, one out. And someone says, damn, Adley, you can't swing at ball four. You got to take that walk. Here's my pet peeve when someone responds with, no one's more angry than Adley right now. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut up. Well, you see, I should not feel that way. I should be commenting on their comment being like, damn right. You're exactly right. But we want the anger to join us. <laughs> we want people to be angry just like us. I don't want to hear all that. Maybe that's negative Nate talking. Oh, man. But we are wired as sports fans to just complain. It's like we just, it's our radar. Do, 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 looking for something to complain about. God damn, Nate, you need therapy. I know this. I know that. But most sports fans do need therapy. We're at the threshold of hell. But what a great email, William. I appreciate it. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Before I get to the next couple emails that came in, I do want to just chat about Dean Kramer right now. It's bizarre, man. He just pitched his way right out of a playoff spot, it looks like. And we're not, nobody has confirmed that. We don't know that for a fact. But about a month ago, people were making Kyle Gibson voodoo dolls trying to get him off the team. And now it looks like he's the fifth guy to pitch. He's, he's in the rotation in the playoffs. I mean, he pitched his way into the playoffs in September. And that's just unfortunately how baseball playoffs go. You could have a hell of a season, hell of a month in June, hell of a month in August, let's say. But leading up to the playoffs in September, look, man, I don't care what you did in May, June, and July. It's just unfortunately one of those things. Now, of course, if Dean Kramer was just lights out the beginning of the season, he's just having some, you know, hitting uh, uh, some bumps in the road leading up to the playoffs. I don't think he would have pitched his way out of the playoff spot. But Dean Kramer isn't always lights out. But it's been rough for him lately in September. And the four September starts for Dean Kramer, he's completed the fifth inning only once and has yet to record an out beyond it, beyond the fifth inning. He allowed 31 base runners in 17 and a third innings 
and also allowed 12 runs, nine of them earned, and has a whip right now of 1.788. That's not going to get you rolling into the playoffs with Hyde and the boys feeling confident that you're the guy that needs to come in on a playoff run. But Kyle Gibson's a veteran. Seems like he just figured something out. When it's time to get grinding, coming down to the end, you know, it's been a long season. A lot of people, everybody's burnt out. Injuries, feeling sore. Your arm probably feels like rubber some days. You just, it's a long season. But Kyle Gibson just said, you know, fuck this. I'm I'm not pitching my way out. I want to be in the playoffs because he pitched for Philly. When When he pitched over in the Phillies, he pitched all season. He pitched his way out of the playoff rotation there. Kyle Gibson, 15 wins right now. The most since Chris Tillman in 2016 with 16 wins and our boy Wei and Chen in 2014 with 16 wins. We got to see Chen a few weeks ago. Adam Jones game, I was there. We got to see Chen standing there and Chris Davis. That was cool. But oh, Wei and Chen, 16 wins in 2014. That was a hell of a season. Oh, the such a heartbreaker going to Kansas city, all that momentum. Oh my God. That was, that was a heartbreaker, but Kyle Gibson, his starts in September, <laughs> he's been doing just fine going into September. His ERA was five twelve five point twelve. 5.12 right now. It's 4.86. So in September six, he pitched six innings, pitched three earned runs, September 13th, six and a two thirds inning, one earned run. September 19th, five innings, three earned runs. September 24th, as we know, seven innings, one earned run. So right now, Kyle Gibson's like, no, I'm I'm the guy. I love you, but step aside, Deanie. I'm coming for you. And with the bullpen completely burning out in the last couple weeks of September, I mean, that, that was stressful watching. Just seeing how the Orioles bullpen, you know they're burnt out, they're tired. The only day off they were getting is Monday. And at that time, it was like a couple weeks away. We're talking in, you know, early, mid-September. The Orioles bullpen, you know, then Cano giving up that walk-off against Cleveland after the Orioles come back. They're winning eight to seven. Oh, just everything. It seemed like it was just melting. It was upsetting. And you're like, man, these pitchers, they need to step up. They need to help the bullpen. Right before October. Well, the Orioles' last four starts, John Means, seven and a third innings pitched, one run, one hit, four Ks. Kyle Gibson, we just talked about, just seven innings. Uh, One run, five hits, four Ks. Kyle Bradish, eight innings pitched, zero runs, three hits, four Ks. And, of course, Grayson Rodriguez the other night against the Nationals, five and two-thirds innings pitched, one run, zero walks, five Ks. And he wasn't even his sharpest right there. It's so funny. Uh, uh, Grayson Rodriguez, how hot he is right now. Even when he's not on his game, his A game, he's still getting, you know, almost six innings pitched with one earned run, zero earned runs. I mean, the guy's just lights out. So these guys stepped up. They're saving the bullpen. And like I said, they were on life support. Before Means, Bradish, Grayson, before they stepped up. Oh, man, the bullpen was taking a nosedive. Now, I know I've mentioned before, oh, I, I, can't, I can't put any more energy talking about Fuji. <laughs> I think it's right now, it's a good time to have a little chat about Fuji. What do you do about him? Do we really trust this guy pitching in October? 
He really is a head case. When he's on, he looks good. But when he's off, holy hell, watch out. The start of September, he only allowed four hits, walked two, allowed zero runs while striking out nine batters in seven innings. Unfortunately, he shit the bed at times. And when he shits the bed, he takes a giant dump in that bed. He allowed four runs on three hits and two walks over his last two appearances, which only totaled .2 innings. Didn't even total up a whole inning. Unfortunately, he has earned the nickname Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. In my opinion, he just can't be trusted in the playoffs. Someone who's as inconsistent as he is, he can't be trusted. You can't hope and pray he's the good Fuji and not the oh shit Fuji. It's a playoffs. That's it. No more giving him time to figure it out. I think we've seen a good chunk of Fuji to say that's just the pure definition of inconsistent. I mean, you got Cole Irvin, Joey Kreibel, Mike Ballman. You know, they would be the potential roster replacements. Not exactly bringing in Billy Wagner to take his place. But at this point, y- you have to go by the level, the level of head case right now. Those guys I just mentioned in Fuji, the level of head case. Because <laughs> here in the playoffs, it's a big spotlight. I mean, for fuck's sake, when Fuji came, he's a major league pitcher. Seems like the nicest guy. Seems like a great guy to hang out with. And I've always said this on the podcast. You got to put that aside when you're talking sports and whether or not the guy should be playing. All right. There's a lot of good guys who unfortunately just didn't make it in the majors because they weren't good. But when Fuji came to town, Baltimore had a couple bad outings. And I respect the honesty. But, dude, you're, you're pitching in the major leagues. You're a major league pitcher. And the reason he said that he had bad outings Oh, I got distracted because there were runners on base. That's basic baseball 101. You're probably going to come out of the bullpen and pitch when there's base runners on base. Now, again, there has been times where you're like, hey, look at him go. But we all appreciate the honesty, but that was a concern. Like, dude, how long you been pitching? You're, you're, in, the, you're in the show right now, and you're saying, oh, I, I threw 10 feet over the batter? because the runner on base distracted me, that's not a good sign. It looks like he's really working on it, but I just don't think going into the playoffs, he's the kind of guy that you can say, well, let's just hope we get the good Fuji. Don't like it. So if I was making decisions, which of course I'm not, Fuji would not be playing in the playoffs right now. Now, we've been talking about pitching and everything. Look, look, the offense, my God, when they go to sleep, man, do they take a nap, a long nap. Now, they had a good game against the Nats on Tuesday or Wednesday. They won 5-1. to one. Adley hit an absolute rocket over the center field wall. But Ryan Mountcastle getting hurt didn't help, and, and I think they said that he's going to be coming back soon. But before being sent down on the I.L., he was hitting 269 with a 780 OPS with 18 home runs. He has 67 RBIs through 111 games. And his last 50 games, he's slashing an average of 324 with a 406 on base percentage and a 494 slugging. So that 324 average right before he left, yeah, that hurt. That hurt the offense a little bit. But 
man, they just, they go quiet. So let's just all light a candle, (laughs) say prayers, whatever you think might work. You know, continue not to wash that dirty oil shirt that you've been wearing all season or whatever it is that you feel will help do it right now. Because that offense, oh God, please don't go back to sleep. Wake up. Wake up. Uh, Just a heads up, we'll not be putting on an episode next week. I'm going to be in Outer Banks, but when I get back, I'll talk about all of that. Heading to a huge house uh, with my wife's side of my wife's family. It's going to be about 30 of us, actually exactly 30 of us in one house. It's one of those houses where it's like, you know, 26 bedrooms, 800 bathrooms. So it'll be fun. But next week I will be out of town. But when I get back, we will be talking some playoff baseball. Now, again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Again, last week, had on Mark from Baseball Biz talking Tampa Bay Ray baseball. Like I said, just want to learn a little bit more about the enemy. But David wrote in. He wanted to chime in on the conversation that Mark and I had about whether or not these people are athletes. And one of them was a golfer. Now, I used to get a lot of flack for when I would say NASCAR drivers are not athletes, but Mark stepped up and said, yes, they are athletes. And I just left it at that. I was like, I'm not giving my opinion because normally the emails would come just piling up. What the, what the hell you mean, NASCAR drivers? So this time I chimed in on the golf. I don't think golfers are athletes. <laughs> so a couple of people heard that and say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So his name's David. We always like hearing from David. He wrote into the show. He said, just listen to the new episode. I think it was a great concept, and I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. He says, that was until the very end. I'm going to need you and Mark to go walk 72 holes while swinging a club two times, minimum a hole. Then try to tell me golfers aren't athletes. Maybe back in the day, but in today's golf world, the best golfers are taking extreme care of the body. Strength training, yoga, flexibility training. Plus, it is extremely athletic to combine the speed of swing with the precision needed to routinely hit the ball correctly. Sorry, ran over. Pet peeve I have with people underestimating golfers as athletes. Bowlers? Now, that's definitely a skill, not an athletic sport. Thank you, David, for the email, and I appreciate you breaking it down that way. You're not just writing in being like, oh, you guys suck. You don't know what it takes. Shut up. (laughs) Fuck you. He actually said, okay, I don't agree. And let me just break it down and explain why I don't agree. Now, I play golf, not as much as I used to. I used to play all the time. And it sounds like David plays golf as well. So we have the right to give our opinions on this. But here's a reason, my example of why I just don't feel like you have to be an athlete to play golf. When I play golf every now and then, there's a guy that we play with. He's probably about six foot one, but he's just like 400 pounds of slop. <laughs> he just doesn't care about carbs. He's okay with not exercising. I guess he's like, you know, a heart attack's a heart attack, whatever. I'm not going to be able to do anything about it. It's concerning. We've mentioned it, but, you know, no one wants to hear people be like, hey, we're concerned about your health. It's like, yeah, no shit. I know I- I'm not in shape, but please shut up. So we've said our piece and moved on. I mean, the guy needs help getting out of the cart. He can barely walk up the stairs, but he's one of the best golfers I've ever seen play the game. I don't think I've ever seen him hit anything above a par. 
The guy can drive the ball 300 yards, chip in a putt. He's done. He's sitting in his cart waiting for us to finish up, you know, 15 minutes later. Here we come <laughs> walking over to the cart. Oh, man. So I think of that example and I look at that guy and I'm like, he's not even in the same universe as being an athlete, but he's one of the greatest golfers that I've ever played with. I'm sorry. I, I just don't think you have to be an athlete. Again, David, like I said, made excellent points. Yeah, golfers these days, they take real good care of themselves. They're all walking around with size 28 waist, giant shoulders. <laughs> but seeing the guy that I play with completely annihilate the game of golf, and this isn't just one course, talking other courses, he's just damn good. He can swing a club better than I, I've seen a lot of people do. So that's my opinion. That's why I agree with Mark. But when people ask that question, I, should, I just picture that dude stepping up to the tee. You know, you couldn't hear him breathing. You know, walk. it's just concerning. Now that I'm sitting here talking about it, I might give him a call when I get off. Hey, man, you doing okay? Look, man, I'll take you to the doctors. But he goes up, just splits the, uh, splits the fairway in half, chipping a putt. It's amazing. I appreciate the email, David. Always great hearing from you. All right, here's an email from Daryl. Wanted to give the same opinion as David has. Says, hey, Nate, going to have to disagree with you guys saying golfers aren't athletes. Uh, they absolutely are athletes, or they wouldn't be able to be the best in the world. Their ability to use their bodies in a way to maximize speed, strength, and mobility in order to project a ball to a target. Not only does it take skill, but training of motor patterns that athletes do in other sports. Mm, look at Daryl breaking it down. Golf is a sport where an average person couldn't walk out on the course and do what they can. It just can't happen. Great episode, but you should have deleted that part. <laughs> it says, go O's. Can't wait for playoffs to start in Baltimore. Appreciate it, Daryl. And there it is again. He's basically explaining, hey, this is why you have to be an athlete. I just can't get Mr. 400 pounds hitting pars and birdies out of my head. I, I still can. And, and that's true. You know, millions of people golf every day, but they're not the best in the world. I'm sure, you know, it just takes practice. Anyone who starts at the age of, you know, three years old and practices every day, I'm sure you could be on the PGA, right? No, whatever. So Daryl and Dave, the Daryl and David show, breaking down the facts on why golfers are athletes. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Thanks again, Daryl. Really appreciate it. You guys are putting me in my place here. All right, here's an email from Aiden. He wanted to hop on and give his opinion about robo-umps. Mark and I talked about that as well. Of course, I'm all for robo-umps. Get the umpires out from behind the home plate. He says, your guest Mark last week was a good listen, and he sounds like he is very knowledgeable about sports and baseball. Sorry to hear he's a Rays fan, though. In the beginning of the call, he gave his opinion about robo-umps, and his argument was for, his argument was for umps because the catchers Learning how to frame pitches is an art and part of the game. Who gives a rat's ass about catchers framing pitches? If that's really his only reason why umpires should continue to mess up the beautiful game of baseball, that's an awful take. These umpires couldn't care less calling a bad game, and with how sensitive they are, always throwing players and coaches out for arguing is ruining the game and making it frustrating for the players and fans to enjoy the game. I can't wait until they get rid of these clowns calling balls and strikes. Anyway, I'm so excited about the Orioles heading to playoff baseball and being able to play in front of their hometown. 
You are right, Nate. Camden Yards will be thumping. Hope to see you there. Aiden, appreciate the email. Yeah, man, I got the same opinion. I do not think umpires should call strikes and balls anymore. I'd said it to him blue in the face. Just shouldn't happen. All right, again, I'm not going to be here next week, but keep bringing in the emails. Want to hear your thoughts. Hit me up on Twitter, at Full Count Chaos. I mean, my God, how awesome is this? Just one game, one more game against Boston. Four games against Boston and Baltimore. Just one game, guys. Want to hear from you. Full Count Chaos at gmail.com. Till next time, see you.